it's me, TV's Jen Ponton. <laughs> and it it's, is you. It's the titties from Jersey City, Lillian Bustle. That's me. <laughs> Coming to you live from Jersey City. Live from Jersey City. Live from Bayonne Nights. <laughs> I definitely want to open a nightclub called Bayonne Nights. Please, for the love of God. That's amazing. I love it. I have to tell you, I was talking to <laughs> I was talking to a dear friend of mine who is a Taurus, and she was expressing like frustration that she was having trouble with something that was brand new to her. And I was like, oh, my best friend's a Capricorn. And she gets very angry if she's not immediately amazing at something. <laughs> oh, Livid, furious, livid. Furious. Ah, I love it. That, that's why I I've had a guitar for so long. That Guys, I will never ever play. Thespians, send us your zodiac signs. We want oh we want to know them all the time. Just out of context. Out of context. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome we, to yes. Uh, just just really quick, really really quick. Unless we're about to make this an ASMR podcast, I just put so much lotion on my hands. So give me just a second. I have to rub it in because I can't go through the next half an hour to an hour covered in candy apple from. Oh, uh, shit. That one's an old, uh, old winner for me. Uh, Okay. All right. That smells like one exact Christmas. Mm, I love it. It's my favorite, but not that much of my favorite. Okay, I'm good. Ah, Well done. Okay, thespians. If you too have put on too much lotion before an important performance, this podcast is for you. I was hoping we were going to cut that out. Oh, well, (laughs) now they have to know. Great. (laughs) Well, this I know. I know that if you are into... The world of the theater, you understand the importance of being moisturized. So. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Can't be getting those cracked elbows uh, on the stage. Rip them right open. Uh, welcome Ew. to Dreading the Boards. <laughs> We're really, we're really veering straight on into all the fucks territory right now. Uh, Dreading the Boards, Dear Thespians, is a podcast for you if you have ever been on stage, on camera, uh, in the world of the biz of show, uh, in any capacity. But really what we specialize in here is telling the stories of performers and the crazy things that we have had to go through to make quote unquote art. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What I did for love. If you've ever shed blood, <laughs> purposefully or accidentally. Love. Oh, shit. We should have a special episode called What I Did for Love that is just like terrible hookups gone wrong. Oh. Remember it. <laughs> Put it in your noggin. I love a showmance. <laughs> but today we have a very special guest with us. Yes, we do. We have fashion and culture writer Gianluca Russo, who specializes on the topic of body diversity. Gianluca is honestly a wunderkind in my personal estimation, writing about um, size inclusion, specifically in entertainment, uh, in the past in fashion and on television, and most recently making some major waves talking about size inclusion on Broadway, which is really a bit of a, a, of a deserted tumbleweed-laden uh, ghost town. <laughs> um, Jean-Luca runs a nylon column called Plus Us, which explores the many ways in which larger-bodied individuals are discriminated against in society today. His work has appeared in GQ, Glamour, In Style, Teen Vogue, and more. He is also the CEO and co-founder of The Power of Plus, a size-inclusive digital community aimed at promoting love, respect, and style for everybody. He is currently writing his debut nonfiction book under the same name, which is set for publication in 2022. So we'll make sure that you have all manner of ways to read Gianluca's writing and be up to date with uh, The Power of Plus, but... Uh, in the meantime, please welcome Jean-Luca Russo. Welcome. Oh thank gosh. you. Thank you so much for having me. I have to say, I have done, you know, a good amount of podcasts and interviews in the past year. I think that was probably the funniest and most enjoyable one I have done. So I am already living for this conversation. <laughs> so I'm ready to go in. I'm already living for this. Amazing. Well, we like to immediately make assholes out of ourselves so that our guests feel very comfortable. That's the best thing. Then everyone Absolutely. is ready to go. I mean, that's the best environment. Well, the question of the evening is, of course, what's your sign and how is it best exemplified in your work? 
<laughs> okay, this is gonna give me some hate because it's controversial. I know nothing about that. Amazing. I literally, which is so bad because I'm really like this like Gen Z kid, like couldn't tell you, don't know anything about it, have no interest in it. Anytime my friends talk about it, I'm like, I gotta go because <laughs> I literally have no idea what we're talking about. So unfortunately, I don't have an answer for you because I literally just when's I your don't birthday? Know. My birthday is October 9th. You're a Libra. You know, don't know what that means, but <laughs> fantastic. Well, we'll we'll let you know at the end whether we think you are or are not a Libra, I guess. Perfect. <laughs> Great. I mean, honestly, my heart would have been so full if he was like, my birthday is January 10th. And I would have been like, pure Capricorn energy to not have any idea what astrology is and have no concept and not give a that's fuck. Very true. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I am. Oh, so uh, good. Yay. So um, you are now in the world of fashion, but you were a theater kid at heart, yeah? Yeah, I grew up doing theater. I did theater until the end of high school. I was going to go to school for musical theater um, and perform. And then my senior year, I said no. And I had no plan. I just decided against it. And so I had to figure something out. And so I started going to college for law of all things it was absolutely terrible but i was like you know if elwoods can do it like maybe so can i and i quickly found out that i was wrong so it was so bad it was atrocious i'm not gonna lie literally my first day i ate lunch in the bathroom like caddy hair and and mean girls so it was a flop was a flop fast so i was like have to find a way to like still feel connected to theater because i'd spent the first 18 in my 18 years of my life like completely immersed so i started this like theater blog just to like interview performers and review shows and do all that and it took off in like a few months and like within like the third month i was like backstage at hamilton right after it opened and i was like wait like maybe this is iconic like maybe i should actually pursue something here um so my first two years of writing was all about theater entertainment so i worked everywhere i worked at playbill and broadway world and all these places And then eventually when I got to Teen Vogue, um, I was doing lifestyle and entertainment for the first year at Teen Vogue. And then this spot in the fashion department opened up and they needed a writer. And I went there to talk about kind of body inclusivity there. And then I just kind of focused on that for a few years. And now I'm kind of switching gears a little and getting back to my roots. Um, But it's kind of been crazy how things have kind of morphed and just progressed. That's amazing that writing about theater opened those doors for you. God, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, it was definitely unforeseen. I had no idea any of that would come, but it felt very natural, like as things went on. So I kind of just went with it and I just, I've loved every step of the way, even outside of doing theater writing and doing fashion more and everything. It's all been really fun, but I do have to say like getting to write about theater again now and going back into that feels more like home to me. So I'm excited to like be able to switch back a little. For sure. You know, and not for nothing. I feel like, um, I feel like there's been... Uh, of course, it's never really enough, right? Because it's never going to hit 68%. But uh, there's been so much forward mo- movement and motion from designers and just among seeing larger bodies as, like, fat models. Um, but we're, there are the places where we're not seeing any movement or any growth stick out like sore thumbs. And so I feel like we need the more radical voices to populate those places, especially when like influencing is very fashion centric and there's, you know, 400 influencers for, <laughs> for every designer, every, every, um, you know, high fashion model. Um, and they are doing the work of like getting the imagery in front of us every single day and sort of like, um, with a little pickaxe of happiness, d- just scraping away all of the ice and calcic calcic deposits of like, you know, <laughs> body negativity, emotional and- barnacles, <laughs> emotional barnacles. <laughs> that's it. Um, um, but I feel like, to a to a lesser extent, film and TV, but still like light years ahead of theater, light years, and it breaks my heart because you know. If you come from it, the theater is supposed to be the radical place for radical weirdos. And I think it was um, when you talk to Kathy Deitch, who is so wonderful and lovely. Um, Kathy has been talking about like how some of the most impressive, some of the most successful musicals right in the last 10 years, let's say, have been specifically about like their underdog stories. And it's about the people who are left out and pushed out and underestimated. And like, there's a great example that 
they're not even tapping into by completely excluding fat kids and fat bodies from the narrative. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's supposed to be this like safe space, right? For people who have no other home to go to. And that's kind of always how I envisioned, you know, theater and specifically Broadway and New York theater to be growing up. And then I got there after college and I was working Mm -hmm. on some off-Broadway shows and and doing kind of like producing work in this. And I was like, actually, this is worse than it was when I grew up. Like this was supposed to be better. And actually it's a hundred times worse. And that's kind of why I pulled back to, and eventually when I had the opportunity to leave and go do fashion, I left because I felt like right now there's not a voice for me here. Mm. Like there's not a place for me yet. And fashion had that. Fashion has been more advanced, more forward. And so there was a space for me to talk in a way I'd never done before. But when I, you know, recently I, you know, writing this book and then kind of, you know, being five years into fashion, I was like, you know, I feel like there's a bigger conversation now. I feel like at least people are paying attention enough for there to be a conversation. And so mm-hmm. now I feel like, you know, I did a lot in fashion and I've loved that and I'll always have a role in fashion. But I think it's time to like open up a little more because it finally feels like, you know, after the past 20 months, like people are starting to care just a bit more. And I think like jumping on top of that now is so important because I've never kind of seen that kind of hunger for this conversation before. Mm. Right. Mm. Right. I love it. I feel like it um I feel like it first really uh opened the door when someone terrible at the New York Times <laughs> Um, someone terrible at the New York Times was like, Broadway actors have gained weight. And everyone was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, it's a miracle we've survived. And yet <laughs> you're going to talk about us not fitting in our costumes. Fuck you. And another thing, which, you know, yay, New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's how I feel. And I it frustrates me because it's like, so what? Like, the amount of times, like, you know, not to make this about myself, but, like, Please growing do. up... Like, this is your... It, it, <laughs> that is exactly what this is <laughs> That's about. exactly Literally, uh-huh. literally. But, like, growing... It frustrates me because it's like, oh, the implication is, like, gaining weight means you are less talented, that you can't accomplish as much, right? That, like, you suck because you now weigh 20 pounds more than you did before the pandemic. When really, like, growing up, like... I was the best in my dance classes. Like, and I was like double the size of everyone. So I'm like, literally, that's not the way it works. And also like Mm -hmm. 20 pounds is so insignificant, which is like the national average about how much everyone gained during the pandemic. Like, it's so insignificant. Like, it should not even be a point of conversation because like, if you're talking about like literally like, like flexibility or like being just in it, like that's fine because like, yeah, like we're out of touch with that. But, like, the weight gain should not be of importance. And until we change that narrative, like, that's one of the biggest issues. It's just that implication that, like, bigger is worse and lesser. And, like, that's what Broadway has clung to for so long. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we have to start to dismantle right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, who am I thinking of? I know you've spoken with him at length. The guy, the um, the academic who is writing, who has been writing, like, a big, very academic educational paper slash then turning into yeah. a book uh yeah um ryan donovan isn't yes it? right mm-hmm. ryan donovan um did a really in-depth look at what hairspray is like and like this terrible quandary of you know fat bodies playing tracy turnblad on broadway dancing hard for eight shows a week and their bodies changing and then them having to like take on really terrible disordered eating, not only to like maintain the shape of the character for the show and also then terrible costume stuff. It becomes a whole, um, just this like terrible bag of rabid weasels Mm -hmm. (laughs) when it could just be like, just put us in a target shirt and let's call it a day. Let us do the show. That's the thing. I think hairspray is such a good example to look at because like that show should have in theory set a precedent that it never did and i feel like that for me is so discouraging because it's like hairspray was one of the first shows i ever did growing up and so like i got that message so early on which is which is why i think i was able to like be more confident growing up as a bigger person in a very thin space because i had that message very early but like hairspray should have set a bigger precedent and i feel like in a lot of ways looking back now like it almost in a sense made things worse because it like limited people to one specific thing rather than opening up the conversation one specific role (laughs) right yes that's the thing it's like you can only play that and i'm like well i don't think that was the point of what we were trying to prove with this show so like i actually think that's backwards oh my gosh john luca i uh i got my equity card 
And like, I'm going to say moments, months, let's say months after I got my equity card, uh, the Hairspray Tour immediately went non-equity. <laughs> of course it did. And I was Always like, does. Always what, does. What is this nightmare? And then you're freaking stuck in the equity. And then what are you going to do? <laughs> like, the struggle there, like, the whole equity, non-equity thing literally screws people over so much. And like, that sucks. Like, Thanks I'm for sorry you went through Jekyll that. Thanks for having Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I don't have my card anymore. I said, you can have it back. What's the point? Just take it. <laughs> At this point, everything is non-act. Like, they're even doing first Broadway national tours that are non-act. I was like, well, this doesn't make any sense. Like, uh, I don't understand it at all. It's like, what whatever at this point. Earth. Do you remember this amazing Tumblr called She Has Had It? And it was, it was, um, oh gosh, what's his full name? Mm, I'm not going to remember right now, but no, most people didn't know him by his name. He, they knew him by this Tumblr, She Has Had It, where he would post pictures of, like, really out there people on the subway, like, deeply overdressed, in costume, with, like, you know, all the carts, everything. and then Jarvis. Jarvis, Jarvis. Daryl. Oh, bless you. Yes, Jarvis Daryl. And he would write up basically a breakdown or like a casting call for this exact person. And it would always be like the non-equity tour of Stomp Jr. <laughs> it was oh my God. the best thing I've ever seen on the internet. I'm obsessed with that. I mean, I remember when I was in high school, like, you never really understand what, like, equity, non-equity, like, you never really mm-hmm. understand what that crap is. I remember that once we did understand it, like, it was always a joke. Like, we would see, like, a like crappy production be, like, definitely the non-ec. Like, it just becomes this, like, funny thing to describe people, which is, like, terrible because, like, getting into equity is, like, so hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, like, easier now, but it's, like, it's terrible. But literally, that's how we would – it was a descriptor. It became a descriptor for, like, yeah. equality. And it's, like, yes. that's so bad. But, oh, the way they, like, position non-equity and, like, equity people is, like, terrible to begin with. Absolutely. Um, it's so classist. All of it's, it's so mess. terrible. It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> Do you – um? When we reached out to you and we were like this, you know, we we would like for you to talk to, about like some disasters that happen or like terrible, silly things. Was there something specifically that, that popped into your head where you were like, I got to talk about this? So I have two things. One of them is I was in a production. This is like the funny one. The other one's like low-key depressing and then I make it like a power story. Sure. But, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like pretty we much all it. of my okay. life. Pretty much my whole life. Um, I was You're in the right in, place, baby. <laughs> I was in a production of Adam's Family. And um, it was, like, going really well. It was, like, super fun. I love that show. Like, I got to dance every five seconds. And essentially what happened, like, after high school, like, I stopped auditioning for community theater and, like, regional stuff because I was, like, studying law. So I stopped. Um, but I would go and, like, fill in when they needed a dancer. So I, like, had gone into this production, like, to go fill in because they needed, like, you know, a dance captain. So I went in. And so it was, like, really great. It was fun. I loved the people, whatever. So opening night, we're going. And, you know, like, the the first number in Adam's Family is, like, they're in the graveyard. Like, it's very, like, you know, dark and, like, you know... And so there was, like, smoke machines. Like, obviously, we had, like, smoke machines, like, to fill the ambiance, you know. The problem was, like, the smoke machines, like, got stuck on, like, high or something. And, like, filled the room. And, like, was a small theater. Like, was not, like, 5,000 seats. Like, was a small place. Literally within five seconds, the fire alarm going off. And we all had to, like, piece out the building. And so we're standing outside, like, in the cold. Like, and I'm dressed as a ghost. Like, I'm literally, like, just like, mm-hmm, great. Like, white makeup, like, great, this is fantastic. And then we went back in and restarted the show, like, after the fire, like, fighters came. And I was like, you know, off to a bad start, but let's recover. And we recovered. And then it was fantastic. Yes. So I was like, okay, we recovered. Like, that's what matters, is that we recovered. So that was my first time that, like, something went bad where I was like, how are we going to handle this right now? Like, what is going to go on? So that was a bit of a mess. I'm not going to lie. But it was like, you know, that was like a, a lesson in perseverance, right? Like <laughs> Love that. how to get through, yes. how to get through the difficult moments, you know? So that was a, that was a good one. Plus, I liked the show. So it was like, it was just funny because we were all like friends and like no one in the audience really cared. Like it was like, what, 20 minutes outside. <laughs> so it was funny, but it was definitely like, let's not do that the other night. It's like, let's actually get rid of the smoke machine and like never do that again. So that was definitely my like biggest like mishap in my theater career, I would say. 
I remember this the first time somebody took, because I do a lot, I do shows in basements. It is something that happens when you do burlesque. Mm-hmm. You're like, you suddenly become subterranean. Um, <laughs> and somebody was like, oh, be careful with the smoke machine. It'll set off the sprinklers. And oh, I was like, no. hardy, har, har, dum, dum. It's not actual smoke. Uh-oh. But it's the particulates in the air mm-hmm. that it's picking up. Oh, oh, seriously, right. like, I mercilessly made fun of someone. Did not did not set off the sprinklers, thank goodness. But I was just like, whatever. You don't know how life works. <laughs> thank God there were not sprinklers in that theater because if I was on, because I'm we're all, all white makeup, like rip that, like. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So thank uh-huh. God there was no sprinklers there because that would have made it. Then I don't think we would have recovered. I've been like, cancel the show. We're done. See you tomorrow. Like we're good. <laughs> The number of times a fire marshal has shown up and everyone held their breath. Yep. I feel like that's on a bingo card of community yeah, theater. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> much. Always the smoke machines. Always the freaking smoke machines. Backdraft the musical. Yes. <laughs> People don't like fire poked poked in their nose. <laughs> so if like your favorite thing is dancing, how about really um, super memorable dance recitals? Whether or not they were disastrous, but definitely like best costume ever uh most um uh most artistic vision let's say that your choreographer ever had most artistic right vision. like the way that you curate the the recital because wow yeah i know i feel like i was blessed in that area because like guys never have to deal with that like the costume part which is like oh. my one blessing like rip my friends but that was my blessing there. Um, especially because I did, like, tap for the most part. And then I did, like, jazz and contemporary. But, like, mostly was tap. So I was, like, wearing jeans. Like, was nothing like, oh, my God. Like, oh. I have to be squeezed into, like, a B outfit. Like, wasn't that True. bad. True. But um, I'd pay to see it. Same. Same. I would still pay to see it, honestly. Yay. But I think my favorite thing I did my senior year because, like, you know, I, like, as all theater kids, I like, craved attention nonstop. Um, my senior year of high school, I was like, you know, like, I got, and we can, like, get into this, but I had gotten, like, screwed over with our spring musical. And so I was like, um, I need, like, more attention. So I put on this whole, like, <laughs> I was like, I can't leave on that note. Like, that was negative. So I put on this whole, like, it was supposed to be this, like, senior talent show, but really it was just, like, an excuse for me to perform. And so I choreographed, like, these three big numbers. Like, Make the your opening, own opportunities. That's Hell it. Yeah. Creating my own opportunities. That's it. Mm-hmm. And so I started with um, Magic to Do from Pippin. That was, like, the opening number. Frick. And so I choreographed the whole thing. And, like, obviously he was the leading player. And, like, was probably my best thing to date. I'm not going to lie. Because, like, not only was it, like, fun because I got to choreograph it. So, like, it was actually, like, really fun. Just the fact that... I did this and, like, put this on for some reason. And then there was, like, a salsa number and this, like, huge tap number and all these things, like, made no sense, right? <laughs> but, like, gave me that internal validation that I needed. And I was like, this was a good one. So that's my favorite dance memory. And also I got to, like, dance with all my friends before we all, like, left high school. So it was, like, our last time to, like, dance together and perform together, like, and, you know, like, some, so many of us haven't seen each other. <laughs> Literally, that's what it was. <laughs> I brought it to life. And so that was, like, favorite, like, dance my favorite, like, so dance memory was just getting to dance with them, like, one final time. And also, like, being a little, like, attention-hungry. So that was my favorite. <laughs> By the way, if we're still tracking this, Thespians, that is a very Libra story. I think you'll all agree with me. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know I'm staying on brand. Good Definitely. To know. Oh, very on brand. Gianluca is so beautiful and, in- and impeccably fashionable and very well-spoken and needs attention. <laughs> We love that. And Always. you have it That's all. what I say. That's the thing. It's like anytime, you know, anytime I'm like talking to someone, if I'm like dating or just like with my friends, I'm like, just so you know, I require a high amount of attention and require a lot from relationships. And like, I'm upfront. That's the thing. Yeah, I feel like if yeah. you hide it, it's when it's good. But I'm like, just so you know, I, like even my friends, I'm like, to have a good friendship, I require a lot in return. Like, just the way I am. Like, I give 100%, which I feel like is a very, like, I learned from theaters. Like, you always give 100%. And mm-hmm. then I require 100% back. So I feel like that's, like, ingrained in me. But I'm always up, very, like, upfront about it. I'm like, just so you know, this is the way I am. Friendship contracts. William loves yeah. that. Pretty much. Treat people how to... Wait, teach people how to treat you. <laughs> exactly. Treat people yes. how to teach you. Both ways, sure. <laughs> that's what I live by. I love it. <laughs> so talk, talk a little bit about this spring musical that was very... Um, that was... Oh, my God. Yeah, where you were robbed. It starts my... 
it's like my first of all i've never told this story in public before like if you ask anyone i went to high school with like if i say like tbt the junior year they're like oh rip but like i never tell the story in public yet because that's felt like something that like harms me but now i'm like okay now i'm ready to tell it now like, um, hey we are that's literally <laughs> our brand <laughs> so this is my first time for everyone this is my first time telling the story in the public but essentially what happened, oh can't wait but essentially what happened was um my sophomore year i didn't do the musical and so i felt like very out of place and like i was pretty insufferable back then like i was just like really annoying young kid so i was like okay let me take a year off and like work on myself right? oh like my i was God, like I love you know going through an identity crisis i was like let, let me take a year off and like really learn who i am like everyone hates me so let me figure out a way to like switch oh, the narrative no. right oh, no. <laughs> so i was like okay and also i was like not talented like i've never taken voice lessons i've never taken dance like i was bad you know which is fine like most people are bad when they just start out i was like whatever so i took sophomore year off and they did south pacific which is a show that i don't really like like mm-hmm. even if that's like i just don't like south pacific and so i didn't do it and so instead i went to our middle school and like co-directed thoroughly modern millie there Hell which yes. is like really fun live for that show that's where i found my love for tap was doing that so i was like okay i love this this is great and then they announced that my junior year they were going to do this musical called all shook up and it's like this elvis jukebox musical and mm-hmm. i live for it. and like no one knew who it, what it was at the time like i had no idea was that but, cheyenne jackson on broadway yes mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i remember this and so I was like, okay, this is going to be my return. So, like, I have been gone for a year. Like, no one essentially knows anything about me at this point. And also, now I've been taking dance, like, taking voice. Like, I at least have a level of skill I didn't have before. So, I'm going to make a comeback. And so, are you I spent. I'm from upstate New York in You're Albany. From... Okay, great. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, now's my time. So I spent that, because they announced the musical in, like, May or June. So, I spent the whole summer, like, preparing. Like, I watched that show every day. I knew exactly what role I was going for. I knew what I was going to sing. I memorized the entire score. I memorized every single part of the script. Like, I was ready to go. So when the audition came, I was ready. And I was told the week before by someone who was also auditioning, um, who had been in the shows, that I was not going to get the role because I was too fat and they needed someone skinny to play it. No! And I was like, rip me. And I'm like, a child. I'm like, why would you say this to me? And also, uh-huh. this is a child. I'm like, what the heck? So I already had it in my head, like, I don't look the part I have to overcompensate, which I feel like is, like, something so many of us, like, feel um, growing up. 100%. Absolutely. It's the worst. And so I auditioned, and I thought, it, like, good. Like, I sang Can't Take My Eyes Off of You from Jersey Boys, and I was like, okay, this was, like, decent, whatever. And then all my friends, my new friends, you know, I had, like, gotten in with, like, new people. So they all auditioned, too, and the night of the callbacks went out, and, like, everyone got a callback except for me. And I was like, what the heck is this? Like rip because i didn't even get the chance to show that like i knew this role so well the next morning i wake up and i get an email from the director who was like oh actually we rethought our decision and we're gonna call you back and i said that's interesting that within 12 hours you randomly called a meeting Mm -hmm. this points to a theme with this man Mm. sorry to this man but continues and uh i got the role because, of course, I was going to get the role. I literally had been practicing it for six months at that point. And so it was iconic. It was a moment where I was like, wow, like, I actually did this against the odds. A month into rehearsals, I had to give up the role because I had this, like, there was one scene in the show where I had this, like, not to, like, get full into it, but I had this, like, just a religious, like, conflict with the show. Like, I didn't feel comfortable doing one thing that was in the show. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't change it. And it wasn't something that was in the script. It was something that he had put in and he oh. wouldn't change it. Oh, no. Oh, no. And so I was oh, like, well, no. literally, like, I cannot do this. Like, and so he's like, well, then we're left with no choice. And so I had to give up the role. And my nemesis got the part. No and choice. I was like, rip my life. I was so no. depressed. Like, and this was oh when I was God, 16 I'm years old. so upset. It was <laughs> so bad. So and I was like, oh, my God, literally, first of all, could make this a re- religious discrimination suit right now. But I didn't do it because, you know, like theater directors have so much power over these children. And at the time I was like, God forbid I make a big deal now. I'm not getting next year. And I already lost this role. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'll suck it up. So he was like, OK, well, you be in the ensemble. I was like, I guess. So I was in the ensemble, but I was like, if I'm going to be in the ensemble, I'm going to be in the ensemble. <laughs> Let me tell you, I literally got vocal nodules from how loud I was screaming from the back of that stage. Oh, no. And everyone knew, but it was worth it because every scene I was in, I pulled attention and I literally was like, 
the star of the ensemble. And to make it worse, this man, this man put me as one of the three backup singers in the number that was supposed to be mine, swaying side to side. And I said, and so let me tell you, I've never screamed an ooh so loud in my life than I was doing then. And everyone, all my friends in the audience was like, literally, we can only hear you right now. And I was like, that's the point. That was the intent. Oh and so God, this like screwed me over. Yeah. This screwed me over. And so I was like, you know what? It's fine. Like I have next year, like whatever. It's fine. This man picks a show. I don't know if you guys know the show Curtains, but I hate that show with a burning passion. Oh, uh, uh, David Hyde Pierce. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. You hate that uh, show? With a burning passion. Because it's, I don't, it's like a, in retrospect, it's fun, like, if I'm doing it, as my senior show was not the show I wanted my senior Oh, show. oh, okay, reframed entirely. Yeah, yeah, well, right? Yeah. yeah. And it is like, it is like a theater nerdgasm, right? Like, it's, it's right. just jokes on jokes on jokes on jokes. That's mm-hmm. it. And it's and, very old, like, it's for it's, old white men. Mm-hmm. It's hacky. It's, it's yeah. hacky. And while it is funny, I think it's funny. Uh, as a matter of fact, my friend Lauren and I were laughing so hard when we saw it that the people in front of us got mad at us. But... <laughs> But I can see if you were like, I can't wait to have like whatever my breakout fabulous right. role is. And then they're like, what about this old man show? Oh, right. And that was the problem because everyone who came to see the show was like, oh, my God, it was so much fun. I was like, really? Because I had none. And now looking back at it, like <laughs> now looking back at it, I'm like, OK, like if I had a better senior show, I would have been. It was just because it was my senior show. And like of me course. and this oh, other yes. girl had always since eighth grade, like me and my friend had been like. Our senior year were going to be like the romantic leads, like always what we wanted. And that was supposed to happen junior year before I gave up that role. Like we were cast as romantic leads our junior year. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, it's going to happen this year. And the second the show was picked, I was like, no. And the part I skipped over here, which I will add in for, um, since this is the first time I'm telling the story, is um, my junior year, this man's son had transferred into our school. And so the nepotism was strong here, uh-huh. was so strong to the point where even the administrators in the school were made aware of it. So was bad. So the second curtains was picked, I was like, I'm done. Like, I don't have the lead. There's no way I can play this man. Like, it's picked for him. We're done. Mm. And so I was right. I mean, it was picked for him. I got like a side lead, which was like boring. But I was like, fine. And so I was, I was at my wits end. I'd been screwed over junior year. I'd been screwed over senior year. I was like, I put in too much. And so this is the part that you'll be able to read about in this future book that I'm writing. I am... me and my three other friends, who all felt this way, were like, we need to get back at this man. And so in a very, like, petty way, we started this Gossip Girl account to expose him. Oh, And let shit. me tell you, it was iconic for the two weeks it lasted before people found out and suspension was threatened. But it was iconic, let me tell you. And was everyone it on Twitter or what? It was on Tumblr because oh, it was safer right. there for us. And let me tell you, it was a legendary moment for me because I felt like I had that power back. And then once um, my ad- academics were threatened, I was like, okay, actually, we need to delete this. Like, actually, delete this right now. <laughs> but it was the best two weeks of my life. And so I left that theater program, like, I didn't even enjoy it. Like, I didn't enjoy I enjoyed my freshman year, which was hairspray and was amazing. Yeah. And then everything after that, I was like, this man ruined my life. No. And so that was my struggle. And then I did community theater, which was like, great. But that was the problem that I had in, like, high school was, like... And that's my thing now is, like, why I'm so, like, about, like, getting things right in theater. Because I started talking to people. I was like, wait, my experience is not singular. Like, actually, so no. many people have dealt with, like, crappy high school theater directors who, like, are abusive in so many ways and really bad. And, like, just get away with it because they hold so much power over these kids. Mm. Like, and it's no one's terrible. They're all playing... No, no one. one's paying attention to football. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, exactly. No one cares. <laughs> right. Literally, no one cares. Like, this man could do whatever he wanted. No one cares. Mm, and so I yeah. was like... And the things he got away with, like, was crazy. And so that's why mm. now I'm like... Have that spirit where it's like, time to take the power back. So Hell, that's how I feel about the future. Yes! But that's why my high school... Like, I wish my high school theater career was, like, better. Like, mm. it was a mess. That's why when I left high school and, like, started to do, like... I did, like, West Side Story after, and, like, Adam's Family and all these other shows. I was like, wait, this is what theater is supposed to be. Like, mm-hmm. actually enjoyable, right? Like, you actually feel like yeah. part of something. Whereas, like, my high school theater experience was, like, not... Would not recommend. Would not no. recommend to anyone. That's awful. I had, I had not 
a completely similar experience. Um, and our theater director was great. Our drama director was amazing. But our choir director just like had it out for me. And I, I remember telling the story to like other people's parents and then being like, what? Why would he do that? Why would he treat you like that? We went to the vice principal and she was like, well, I feel like maybe this is getting blown out of proportion. And I was like, I don't know what about it being constantly shamed in front of all my mm-hmm. peers is out of proportion. Like, right. right. It's ridiculous. I'm not crying. I'm sitting here calmly telling you about every time he has abused me in front of everybody that I know and sing with. Literally, it's ridiculous what they get away with. Yeah. And I was having I was having vocal. I've had vocal problems on and off for probably my whole life. And, and he would be like, you're singing wrong. And I knew that I was singing wrong because it felt wrong. Mm-hmm. But did he ever help me? No. Ugh. God. It's insane. Anyway. It's the worst. But I will say, like, as bad as it was, like, we, I look back on that junior year and, like, me and my friends do as well. And, like, at, like there were many other stuff that happened that I didn't mention. But, like, as bad as it was, like, the end show was so good because it was, like, three days where we're, like, you know, screw this man. <laughs> screw everything that's happening. Like, let's just have fun and make it about ourselves and like actually live it and so the show experience i've never had a show experience that was that much fun in my life like oh. the build-up was so bad but the show was everything because it was like it was authentic in a way that i had, like never <laughs> felt before and so we look back at like all shook up and i'm like literally my graduation cap literally said this high school made me all shook up like this it is a running <laughs> joke like this year because it was like the worst and the best at the same time so looking back like had negatives and positives but i just hope like for other people it's high school theater is more enjoyable than it was for me yeah it gets better (laughs) oh for sure for sure but it gets Mm -hmm. the best when you create opportunities for your own self heck yeah absolutely so you've been dropping little crumbs here and there um and i'm not certain they're all about your book or like a new focus for columns are you coming back to performing? Um, yes. Yes! I I say that. <laughs> How much do you want I to did, talk about it? Or not? I can talk about it. No, I can talk about it. I, um, you know, I was talking to, so I wrote this book, The Power Plus, which comes out next summer. And it's all about fashion. And it was great. And it felt like my final thing. It felt like I was summarizing the past five years in fashion. That I had really said everything I had to say. That I had taken the time to, like, Elevate the people whose stories I loved and wanted more people to hear. Mm. And the book is now done and I finished writing it and we're getting ready to, for it to come out in August. And I was talking to my agent. And I was like, you know, I feel like I'm done. Like, I loved it and I lived fashion and it was great. And like, I still love fashion in the sense that like, I love getting dressed and like, mm. but I feel like I did what I needed to do. And I feel like now I have to return home and like back to what drives me. And so I'm going back. And so I'm excited. And um, yeah, I have a plan that's like very, I'm always very strategic with things. Like I plan very well. Um, And so I have a plan that I'm going to come back. And I'm like excited for it. And it feels like what I was always meant to do. Like the fashion thing, it was never in my cards. Like I never knew that was happening. And it came and it was the most beautiful thing. And I like learned everything about myself working in fashion, right? And I'll always be in fashion in some capacity. But I was like, it's not fully me like and I know who I am and it's not here and so I'm coming back and so I started like taking dance classes again and like auditioning and doing things and then also like you know my next book is about theater kids and like I have another book that's about like being plus size in Hollywood and what's that like and so I have both those books that are happening right now and um it feels great it feels like what I was always supposed to do like I took a detour and I loved it but now it's time to go back to like what I always knew would be my life and so I like am so at peace and like excited about it that when I was like planning this out and it all came out so naturally, I was like, okay, this is it. And I always like follow this advice from like Elaine Walteroff, who used to be the old FMG 15 vote. And she says to like trust your excitement. Like a lot of people say like trust your gut or your intuition. Like I don't really understand what that means, but like trust your excitement is something you always know. And so like this is what I'm so excited about. And like I know that this is what's next is to like come back here. Um, and so that's what I'm doing next after this book drops. And I'll like, of course, the next year I'll still be in fashion. And like slowly you'll see like I have some more things that are non-fashion focused that I'll be integrating back in. But after this year, it's time to like, kind of like change gear. And still talking about like body positivity and inclusivity, like God, that will course. always be my focus, but just on a different industry now. And I think that's really, you know, all things, 
all things for a reason, right? Like, maybe All Shook Up was part of the reason that you were like, fuck theater by the time you were ready for undergrad. But, like, your presence in fashion has been dynamic and catalytic and also, like, so not only so little space taken up in fashion by plus-size bodies, but especially fashionable plus-size male bodies. Like, oh, yeah. y- you are a very I, I unique I that voice. all the time. And I'm, I'm so pleased when I can point people to men who are making waves, making, like, talking about things like this, because guys are fucking bereft. Like, Completely. masculine presenting people of all kinds are just, like, feel left in the dust. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. And I think that was, like, one of the hardest things for me, too. And I feel like I always know, like, when to do something and when to not. And I, like, would love to have that conversation further and would love to help that. And, like, the pessimist in me is, like, that industry's not ready for that. Like, as much as, like, Mm. I'm waiting to be a part of that conversation and, like, I know so many of, like, the other men around me are, like, the industry isn't ready yet. So, like, I'll come back when it is time to have that conversation. But I know that, like, this conversation on Broadway needs to be had first. For sure. Let me go there and do that. And then when the time comes, like, I can jump back. But, like, this is what I need to do next. And so, like, I feel like yeah. now's the time to do it. Right. Right. So what what you said about following your excitement really resonated with me for a couple of reasons. I have um, – I've mentioned to Jen, like, a million times a project that I've had in mind uh, about taking fairly classic, fairly well-known plays and casting them with all bigger-bodied people. And – I, right. the only the only thing that has kept me from it <clears throat> is that oh my god I know what a pain in the ass producing is <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. I need angel investors um, but like you know I'm I'm now I'm I feel like I'm at a place where I could do more fundraising uh, I'm about in February I'm about to do an all plus size burlesque show which I'm really excited about um, and I just think it would be it is so almost it's upsetting to me how revolutionary it feels. But that's mm-hmm. where the excitement comes from. Like, can you imagine? Just like Streetcar Named Desire is always what I come back to. Just like that show, but with larger people. Because uh, I've never fucking seen it. I would love to. Right? Yeah. Be it the change be you want to see. Right. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like now's the time. Right? Like, that's Absolutely. why I feel like now is the time to do it. Because there's, like, a certain level of hunger, like, no pun intended, but, like, for more of this right like mm-hmm. and i feel it so much more than i ever felt it before and so even like when i wrote that piece for teen vogue about like the lack of size inclusivity on broadway like the response i got i was like okay now's the time like no one would have gotten this before like now is the time and so like do i see myself necessarily like performing again like not really like i loved performing i don't know if i love performing anymore like it was great but i think it was like just part of me finding my voice but like being able to like now like not only write books that are on this topic and like report on it but like consult with shows and like help behind the scenes and like create this environment like that's what i want to do because that's what i was able to do in fashion that i never even knew existed like i didn't know that people did that so that's what I want to be able to do is like, yes, like I have these books and like I want to write about theater and do all that. But also like I want to be able to consult on shows like I want to be behind the scenes and like making sure that like everything is inclusive from like the casting to the imagery to just like the environment. Right. And like the way people are spoken to behind the scenes. Huh. So like that's my goal of what I really want to do. Fat coordinator. Yes. Oh, my God. My title is already good. Already got the title for it. Perfect. I love it. I love it. That's beautiful because I really I do see you as such an intrepid person and having made such strides and like I think it's so I think it's so perfect that your personality and drive came of age during a time when the like veneer between um, straight size power and plus size uh, resistance was at its weakest and then you were like how about this and like all of a sudden these conversations started to be had and I really do think I I really do think like it just it just actually it it hurts my heart on a daily basis that theater is somewhere where I I don't even get to audition for theater that's how completely exclusive it is that they um the gatekeeping is so thorough and it's so clearly anti-fat that it's not even about my resume at that point. Unless mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, a living room staple and they build a show around me as like a stunt cast 
thing. I I don't get to audition for the Atlantic or primary stages or I it just it just doesn't happen. And so to see that level of impossibility, let alone people who are up and coming and like dynamic and have to build a resume and don't have, you know, a, like a, a storied career to draw from. It's just, it's a shame, especially when we've been told all our lives in school before that no one will ever want to see you on TV or in movies because you're not right. beautiful enough for TV and movies. That's- You've got to be on stage. It's so fucked. That's yep. the thing. It's like there's no winning. Like you're presented with no options right. unless you find a way to create your own. Right. Right. Exactly. And yet, and yet, uh, I, I hadn't seen Come From Away on Broadway, but when it came out um, in the filmed version, I lost my mind. I was like, this is the show everyone loves so much. This is the show that, that people's hearts explode. And it has so much diversity in it. Mm-hmm. And so many larger people because we have stories to tell. But I think that's the thing, too, is, like, at this point, like, it's no longer a conversation of, like, does representation matter? Like, we right. know it matters. Right. The conversation is na- now is, like, do you care enough to make it a priority? Thousand and, like, percent. that's the thing. Like, when I came into, like, fashion in 2015 or whatever, like, it was a conversation of, like, does representation really matter? Right? Like, hmm. it's mm-hmm. been proven. Right? Like, we know it already. Now it's like, how much do you care about actually making it at the center of what you're doing? And I think that's what we're seeing more of now. Because, like, I mean, tell me why every freaking alphabet is thin. Like, it is a story about why are they thin and white is what I would love to know. Like, it is a story about someone who is other. Like, literally the definition of other. And you have literally, like, the same person playing Uh it. Like, Make it make sense to me. Like, it does not make any sense. Nope. Because, like, and that's what make I was talking Jewish. to Kathy about. That'll work. Right? <laughs> Literally, why not? <laughs> like, that's what I was talking to Kathy about in that piece. It's like, like, in Evan Hansen, like, why does he have to be thin? Like, tell me. Because, honestly, it would make a lot of sense if he was fat. Like, all these things <laughs> that, like... Like that's but there's the no songs about him being fat, so right. So then it's know. like, God. unless it's explicit and it's a joke, they're like, no, it doesn't matter. Like, we're good. Right. It's like, like, I just saw the national tour of Mean Girls. And the freaking, like, Damien was, like, thin. And I was like, what is this? Like, can we have something? Like, please, right. can we have something? Right. Like, yeah. As much crazy. as I love Sherry Renee Scott, when she played Ursula, I was like, why? Why? Yes. Why? Like, it is we? insane. Mm-hmm. But it's return. like, yeah, someone has to, like, get behind there and open the door because they're not going to open it by themselves. And that's what I, like, think of, like, as my driving right. thing. is like, just get in there because I have a certain level of, like, connection where i can get in there now like get in there and open the door because like people are still keeping it shut mm-hmm. definitely oh uh, i love man that. i want to go god that's ass. so good hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah um well let's finish up with one of our favorite questions what's one of the weirdest things you've ever been strong-armed into going to see like as an audience member uh-huh. oh oh my god okay so I it doesn't saw... have to be bad but no odd. Yeah. Oh, well, it is bad, but... Right, even better. <laughs> um, so when I was first studying law, I went to this community college. And the actor teacher there, like, was... I don't know if you know what this is. Like, was really set on this acting method that's called the Margolis method. I don't know if you've heard it. Um, I've heard of it, but I don't you know what it is. You should research it, but also, like, don't research it. But, like, you can if you want to. <laughs> but it's, like, this very, like, physical kind of, like experimental a kind of acting style that's like really weird and i was like oh interesting whatever at first you think it's interesting it's like oh theater is experimental like no <laughs> another level right, right. <laughs> and so i went to their like performance showcase thing and they were like aliens that were like don't even remember what the plot was other than they were aliens but it was honestly, I walked away from that more confused than I was already about what the style of acting is. Um, and I was just in shock. I was just in shock. Like, literally, I was like, you know, yes. I don't think this is for me. <laughs> I, I think I was, it, some people love it. Like, he loved it. Other people, I was like, good for you. Um, I will Can never you understand this. give us a for this. instance about this? Because now I'm so, so peaked. I can, I literally can like hardly, I just thought it was like physical. Like at times it almost looked like contemporary dance, but like not mm-hmm. skilled. 
So it looked like you know when you see people like when they're like oh like when someone's talking about dance and they like just start like moving and called like interpretive dance like making mm-hmm. fun of it like mm-hmm. that's what it looked like but they were acting through it. Great. So it was you know Google it YouTube it like there are videos of people doing it but it was very um interesting to say the least I never went back I never supported another production I was like you know you guys love it go ahead I'm gonna take a step back and uh, bless I'm a peace out yeah but good for you good for you yes. Oh, God, that's delightful. Ah, Gianluca, thank you so much. This has mm-hmm. been so wonderful. You are of a course, joy. thank you. A legendary thank you so much for having Libra, me. indeed. Oh, perfect. Glad I lived up to that. Glad I lived oh, up to that. Oh, a thousand percent. A Go. thousand percent. Um, I, I am really look fo- looking for, I look forward to your fashion stuff always and even more so. I'm so glad that we've brought you to the jazz hand side because we need you. And you I'm excited. It. Yeah, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great journey ahead. Beautiful. So in preparation for your book coming out next summer, where can people find you, keep up with you, uh, get updates, all that stuff? Yeah, so I'm on social media at G underscore Russo one, and I post literally everything there, all my articles and everything. So you can go there and then you can pre-order my book on Amazon. It comes out in uh, August. Beautiful. Uh, Thespians, we're going to have his uh, socials in the show notes so you can click on and follow him and um, and get that book on pre-order. So excited. And by the way, when it comes out, we would love to have you on All the Fucks so that you can tell us even more stories um, about showbiz, but especially about beyond. Yeah, 1,000% about for it. Yay. Amazing. Thank you so much. What Amazing. a joy. Oh, God. Such a joy. All Thank right. you. Thespians, till next time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Papa Pasty. <laughs> That's what we say. That's what we say in burlesque. <laughs> Dance has mared. Uh, I believe opera is toy, toy, toy. Papa Pasty in, uh, in burlesque. That's what toy, toy, toy means. Well, no, no. I don't think that's... I mean... Uh, I don't know what the direct <laughs> translation is of that word, but <laughs> I think you, you, you. Me, me, oh. me, me, me. Well, all right. Well, that's all, all any of us want, right? <laughs> <laughs> me, me, me. More attention now. <laughs> Go if look. we could all figure out a way to get the applause without actually having to do the performance. Uh, yay! We're clapping for you, thespians. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. All right. That's all for now.